Hey everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Daydream Rules podcast. Thank you so much for being here and spending a bit of time listening to this conversation with Kwai, who is a herbalist and a therapist and who has so much beauty to share about the, yeah, the magic of therapy, of having space to be seen as a human being, the magic of being active and participating in our healthcare all the different ways in which plants can be allies in our trauma recovery journey and just yeah just beautiful ways in which we can embrace little bits of healing in day-to-day life i really really enjoyed this conversation and i love kwai's work in general and the way that they approach yeah just their practice and their relationship with plants and their relationship with people and the way they hold space so i really hope you get something out of it too and I also want to name that we recorded this in mid-March, which I kind of feel a bit sentimental about. Don't know if that's making sense, but there's this hashtag on Instagram at the moment, which is, I think, last normal picture or last normal photo, something like that. And it's just a sense that, wow, yeah, we recorded this seeing something coming, but we had no idea really what it was. And, you know, not well, we did some have some ideas about what it was, but not how it would be and now we're kind of much deeper into it and have a better understanding and I look back and wish like oh (laughs) I wish I could have told you then you know but anyway I guess that is the nature of time and I just wanted to name that because um yeah we we didn't really mention I think the pandemic in the interview and so I wanted to situate it in time and time has become such a strange concept in 2020 anyway, but I thought I would let you know. Just a few announcements from me before we go to the show. My book is coming very soon, I promise. It was meant to be out a few weeks ago, and it turns out that the formatting and uploading process actually takes way longer than I had anticipated, and the cover design is ready, but I think a lot of people have actually written books. So I experienced a lot of delays with hiring someone to format it uh, for the different um, platforms. And now I'm currently waiting for it just to be approved. And then I need to get my proof copy. I've seen an e-proof, but I need a paper book. There's just a lot. There's a lot going into it, but I really think we're very close now. And with the next episode, I'll be reading the intro to you and then you can order your copy if you like. Um, the other announcement is that I'm planning to offer a writing program in probably like September, October. Um, and it's again going to be a low-cost program for all patrons. You can pledge at any level to support the show and my work and you'll then get access to all my zines. The book that I just mentioned, it's called Rituals, um, as well as workshop recordings and this upcoming writing program and I'm just kind of at the moment feeling into what the format exactly will be. I think it will be a six-week program and it will be called Dream and it's an attempt to do, that's my puppy, I'm sorry, it will be an attempt to do a little bit of processing about what has happened this year and what we're dreaming of for the winter and next year. So I hope you'll join me for that. I'll link to my Patreon in the show notes, and then I hope you'll enjoy the show. Thank you for listening. Hey, everyone. Um, 
as you know, now comes a little speech about how lucky I feel about the beautiful people I get to speak to. This is just such an important part of my podcast because it feels really true. I am super lucky and it also feels that like there's always these ways of people coming in who speak to exactly the things that are currently on my mind. So I'm speaking to Kwanestrom today, which is really beautiful because they're both a therapist and a herbalist. And I think they have a lot to say about how we build resilience, how we take care of ourselves, and how we look at all these different things that we can utilize in a really holistic um, and beautiful and very community-based way. So um, yeah, she's got a beautiful practice in New York. And I have a lot of really exciting questions. So Kwai, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to speak to you. Oh, thank you for having me, Yaro. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here. And it's uh, um, I've been something I've been looking forward to, to be able to talk to you. <laughs> Yay. Um, so I, as you know, like to begin all my interviews with the question where you are in the world right now and what nature is like around you. Oh. Well, I'm in New York City and... Nature around me right now is, um, it feels like it's really speaking um, because it is so different than it has been previously around this season. So we're in the middle of March and it's pretty warm here, uh, which is odd. We had um, an almost 70 degree day a couple of days ago, um, which is much warmer than it tends to be at this time of year. And I've been looking a lot at um, my house plants and it seems like they're, they're ready for the things that I would think about in the springtime, which is um, maybe putting them into larger um, pots if they're ready. And just the response to the sun has been um, quite apparent. So it's, it's a really interesting time around here right now. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, that's interesting. I love imagining your plants. I've just started growing a garden and oh my God, mm. there's so much to learn. <laughs> yeah. um, so I would love to hear a little bit more about how you came to do the work that you're doing and um, yeah, which, which came first? You, you are a therapist and you're also a herbalist and yeah, yeah tell us a little bit more about that. Um, so I've been a therapist um, for much longer than I've been an herbalist. And I, you know, I didn't set out to become a psychotherapist. I wound up here um, and really following a, a route of curiosity. Um, I am just someone who tends to see struggles and mishaps in relationships that tend to wound people. Um, and communities. And I just had been really curious about that from uh, a young age. And I know a certain experience um, that really leaves you wanting to be understood. And I found that I was able to create conversations with people that um, really allowed them to understand themselves from different perspectives. And earlier in my life, I just started following things that I was interested in and I felt like we're tapping in to the um, stronger parts of who I am and allowed me to bring curiosity and a really um, person-centered uh, way of working with a lot of my energy throughout the day. 
And so I started doing things um, like volunteering on a crisis hotline and then doing counseling for survivors of trauma and violence. And it sort of moved me in that direction. And I also, I, I am someone who believes that you can get to know yourself and heal from things that have wounded you in a lot of different ways. I don't believe that it just happens in psychotherapy. And at the same time, I knew this is a place that a lot of people tend to access when they're struggling in some sort of way and that there can be sometimes resources that are set aside for people to be able to do it in that context. So that definitely shaped part of the reason why I went in this direction. Um, and then I was really so um, fortunate to meet a lot of peers and people through my training process that I um, resonate with. And it feels like a good place for me to be. Um, and as I, I had been working in therapy for a while and really focusing on trauma, and I felt like there was something more that I was striving for. And I didn't know that it was going to be plant-based or herbal-based. Um, but I just, it, I guess it emerged organically, which is not surprising since it's herbalism. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I started studying more about the body. And I also was doing work to train medical students and residents how to make exams very patient-centered, meaning person-centered. And I found that myself as a patient, when I would go to a clinic or something like that, it, it changed the dynamic for me because I really understood that healthcare providers are human beings and they're doing the best that they can oftentimes. And there's certain things that they may not know about someone's lived experience that's going to affect the way they feel in that space. And just being able to be in that training um, capacity taught me that if I can go into that space and have more knowledge about my body and really um, situate myself with, okay, I'm a human being who is connecting to another human being, it changed the dynamics a lot. And part of what I was teaching medical students was um, how to talk to their patients about their bodies and using language that was very accessible and also affirming um, to their wellness. And it was a game changer for me. And I also felt like oh, it would be so nice if some of the things that we tend to outsource to our healthcare providers could happen in our day-to-day -day lives, which doesn't mean that we go diagnose ourselves. Um, but more having a practice of observing our own bodies and knowing what has been normal for us so that when something starts to feel like, oh, this is a change, um, that we can start responding to it before we have to wait for someone to tell us how to do that. Um, so the more I've thought about my herbalism practice, the more I realize that that is a, a big factor in contributing to that. So really learning about trauma and also thinking deeply about the experience of how people access um, services for their wellness. 
Yes, that's so beautiful. And there's so much in there that, that, oh, wow. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I'm going to compose myself and my excitement. <laughs> but I, I loved so many of the things that you said. There was something in the beginning that I can't paraphrase because it really just got into my skin and I was so lit up. Um, I think you spoke about communities and um, experiences that we have in relationships and wanting to work with that. And I was like, oh, yes. That's, that's really beautiful. And I also was thinking, I wish all the healthcare pr uh, practitioners that I, my friends and really everyone have been in touch with had been in your training. That would be really great. And I love what you said at the end about, um, yeah, really plants being those allies in how we explore our bodies and experiences and to illustrate that further, I really feel the same when I wake up in the morning and I start by asking myself just, you know, how I'm feeling right now, where, where's my body at? Sometimes that feels a little bit fuzzy and a bit like, um, I feel like a jellyfish almost. Mm. But when I go into the kitchen where all my herbs are lined up and I'm like, hmm, like which plant friend might I be working with today and how might that feel? That feels like a really grounded, tangible access point to start exploring that makes much mm. more sense and makes me feel more like a bear than a jellyfish yeah it's funny <laughs> it's funny that you're saying that because i think that that's one of the like that tangible piece um is something that i thought a lot about when i made the choice to study herbalism which for me wasn't something i took lightly i i when I made that choice, it was a commitment and a lifelong commitment for me that this is something that I'll be studying for the rest of my life. Um, and I, I think that there is something that when there's a, a tangible aspect to it, it can help make things a little less fuzzy, but also that like it, it naturally attaches to like practices and rituals in our life and when we can have those things as markers throughout the day it's so much easier to see if something is shifting or changing or and but as our our needs are naturally going to shift and change through time mm -hmm. yes totally there was a time where i was really nervous in social spaces and i would carry this little glass jar of chamomile with me because it was such a soothing experience to open it and smell it in a group of people yeah so, yeah <laughs> um so you're working a lot with transformation and shift and changes with people and i'm wondering what you're most excited about in that at the moment maybe personally or collectively or with plans you can really yeah. take this any way you like yeah. well i i'm excited um I guess like on the, the bigger level of things, just that more people are aware of herbalism. And I have a lot of respect for people that I've learned from and who have been able to put resources out there into the world um, because there is so much to learn. And uh, with herbalism, if someone doesn't know what they're doing they could do something that's harmful um, and at the same time there's so many things that are absolutely safe and very gentle and herbs tend to be gentle on the body um, so i'm excited just on a cultural level um, that there's more awareness of herbalism 
um, because I think it's a resource that can be accessible on a number of levels um, and maybe inaccessible in certain ways. Um, we can talk about that. Um, and I, you know, just in terms of that, one of the things that I am working on is putting a podcast together so that people can learn a little bit more about working with herbs and also about understanding their body um, and so that they can do things at home, so that they can do things on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, podcasts tend to be a place that just makes things more accessible for people. Um, so I guess that moves into more of the personal for me. I'm really excited about moving in that direction. And um, that is to come. I'm still working on it, but I'm excited to be developing that kind of resource. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for your podcast too. And I'm also really excited about that cultural shift. And and I think we have so much to learn from plants. And also there's such a beautiful starting point for this might be a very personal weird thing. And I super am happy with that. But I think for me, plants are also a great teacher for people who has, have trust issues with humans. Mm. I was hearing last week about... Um, something not so great that had come forward about a teacher that many people I think have really devoted their lives to. And I, I think it's not important who that is or what happened, but I was just sitting with that for a moment and thinking about, yeah, all the things that can, that can bring up. And I asked myself how I would work with that. If that happened to a teacher, I was in a relationship in some way. And I was like, Oh man, rosemary. <laughs> so oh. good. Chamomile, you know, all these things. And I really felt this really deep sense of being held and being able to trust and not needing to figure so much out on a mind level as I'm working with plants. And I think that's something really beautiful to lean into in times that feel chaotic and precarious in many ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think that when there's difficulty with trust, um, in human relationships, there's oftentimes places um, in ourselves that need tending to. And that's one of the things about working with herbalism is that it's a way to tend to yourself. And if there are places that might be um, murky or um, anxiety provoking or are like carrying shame, um, there, you know, those kinds of things can also uh, impact trust with other people as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. Um, yes. <laughs> um, I wonder if you would like to speak a little bit more about your guiding principles. I really love reading them on your website, and I thought that would be something really interesting to explore. <laughs> sure. Um, so I, I feel really. Um, compelled to create standards for myself about um, how I'm engaging in work with folks um, because it's a, it's an honor to um, to be a witness to things that people are wanting to um, tend to or work on and this was just a way that I could create standards for myself, but also convey to other people where I'm coming from and the work that I'm trying to do and, and to be active about what my, um, my ways of working are versus um, following guidelines. Um, 
So I, I put three of them out there. And I know the first one is about our bodies and our emotions, that they're intrinsically connected. And that's really important for me because we tend to be so um, socialized to talk about these things as very separate. Like you go to the person that you're going to talk to about your body, and then you go to the other person that you talk to about your emotions. And we know that these things are interconnected. Um, so for example, our nervous system is constantly communicating to um, other systems within our bodies. And so a quick example that I can give for that is if someone is really anxious and their nervous system is taking that in, it oftentimes will communicate to the digestive system like, hey, we don't have time for this. And so it either is going to slow up the works and someone gets constipated, or it may be like, let's eat it all up. And then they're dealing with diarrhea. Um, and not to oversimplify it and say that that's always what happens, but that's something that commonly happens when someone's um, dealing with a high degree of nervousness, for example. Um, and then another point that I have is about um, just awareness of where herbal wisdom comes from, um, because I, oftentimes we don't have a good history on where a lot of this has grown from. Um, people that carried herbal knowledge were persecuted, and um, a lot of that history has been lost. And also, I just want to be careful about taking information from different lineages that um, are not then presented in their fullness. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to be careful about cultural appropriation that can easily happen. Um, and also to be really in touch with where resources are coming from. Um, the work of harvesting plants is immense. And if I'm going to consume a plant, I want to at least understand that there was a lot of human labor that went into harvesting and um, doing all the things that needed to happen in order for me to be able to work with that plant in the form that I am um, in, you know, either at home or when I'm working with a um, herbal client. Um, and the other um, guiding principle is just about um, people's active participation um, in their own process. So when I'm doing an herbal consultation with someone, um, if they know that I'm going to support them in finding information that's useful to them and that them applying that information is going to make their herbal consultation go so much further, then I know that they're going to get so much more out of that work. Um, and so I just, I like to put that out there. And it's also, it's a little bit of a different way of working with someone than um, what oftentimes people are most used to, which is what happens when they go to a clinic or they're going to see um, another healthcare provider um, who is going to try to, um, or not try to, who's tasked to assess and diagnose them. And there's a power dynamic that I work with, that I don't work with as an herbalist. I'm, I'm not trying to diagnose people, but 
um, and nor can I legally as a herbalist. Um, but I'm more looking for what patterns are and then really collaborating with somebody so that we can come up together with some ideas about ways to move things more into a place of balance into more comfort and greater ease for them. Yes, that's beautiful. That makes so much sense. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think, yeah, there was so much in that it's, I think, really beautiful for people to think about and explore in their own relationship with the people that they receive care from. So yeah, that's great. Um, and speaking of exploring that, I wonder if you can share something that you wish more people would know. So maybe if someone has never been in therapy and never really explored herbalism, Mm -hmm. what would you be excited about sharing with them or where do you think would be a good place to start or what is like a secret that you think <laughs> more people should know about <laughs> yeah well I basically I mean there's maybe different things for herbalism versus therapy um, but there are a couple of things that I would say for both of them which is that they're an investment and um, it takes time to accumulate insights and information to understand our patterns um, and having patience with that is really going to be a huge resource to someone um, i often find myself saying to people like if it was going to work for you to have this quick fix that um, you've been hoping for that would have happened a long time ago um, so things really take time and oftentimes when we're suffering, um, there are, there's a history to that and there are things that set the wheels in motion, whether that is something that's manifesting more with physical pain or if it's manifesting more with um, confusion about why things aren't working out um, in relationships or, or things like that. It really it takes time to um, understand a lot of how things came to be. Um, so I would say that that applies to both um, herbalism and psychotherapy. Um, but in terms of herbalism, just to talk a little bit separately about them, um, these two things rather with herbalism, it's people are sometimes thinking that uh, the way you work with herbalism is you go to the apothecary and you just grab what you need and take it into your body and then that's the that's the remedy and that's the end of the, the day <laughs> for what you're doing with that but it's actually much i i think for powerful working powerfully with plant resources um having time to look at the whole picture is really important and the bulk of the work that I tend to do with someone happens before I'm even talking about different plant resources for them. Um, so it is that um, that bird's eye view of things that's important and then also taking some time to zoom into some things and look in the nooks and crannies of something that might be um, causing some type of upset or disruption for someone. Um, and I think with therapy, um, just that there's so many different types of modalities and as human beings, we're all really unique and we need different things uh, and sometimes different things at different times. So 
I, I get sad when I hear people say, oh, I tried therapy, it didn't work for me. Um, because it, it might be that it wasn't the right time for them to um, start. It might be that it wasn't the, the right therapeutic relationship for them. Um, and it might be that um, they needed a, a different approach or just that, um, you know, they weren't ready for it yet. And I don't say that to suggest that every single person is always going to benefit from therapy, but more of, I think it's helpful when um, someone knows that therapy works best when you're ready for it and you want it. And sometimes it, it can take time to find the, the right context for you to do that. Yes, that's so true. I, I feel big resonance with all these ideas and I'm not a therapist and I'm only beginning to explore and understand the different fields and approaches and find it super interesting now to also reflect about on some of the therapeutic relationships that I have had where sometimes I was really puzzled and now I'm like, oh yeah, that's just a thing. That's just a particular school of thought. How interesting mm -hmm. and how, how much do we really all deserve the chance to explore yeah, different settings and relationships to find the right one. I really wish that for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you also work with um, other service providers. And I wonder if you can tell us a bit more about um, what got you excited about that and what are you offering to them? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I think one of the things that got me excited about that is when I brought herbalism into my life um, and into my day-to-day, -day, I saw a big difference in my sustainability uh, in my work. And I had, um, I had a while ago been offering to people um, an offering that I call sustainability tune-ups. And I would just sit with people and get a sense of what was burning them out or what was leading them in that direction. And um, I would come up with different ideas about ways that they could restore their reserves and nourish themselves. And when I brought herbalism into the mix, I saw that the same kind of um, intention that I had there was uh, like you can get at um, a lot of different things that uh, help us from um, being depleted through herbalism. So. I just saw that it made a big difference in me um, throughout the day and did a lot of things that sound simple but are so profound, like improving sleep, improving digestion, um, making good use of the resources that we're able to consume for our well-being, and also um, on an emotional and um, spiritual level to be able to restore things for ourselves and also stay grounded with practices. Um, it was such a, a game changer for me. And I found that when I would be in trainings or other spaces um, with therapists, they were really curious about the work that I do with herbalism. And so that kind of inspired me to create an offering just for them. Um, because when you're sitting and holding space for folks throughout the day, 
it's really helpful to have things that are nourishing you throughout the day. Yes, <clears throat> that's so true. I'm so glad that this exists. That's wonderful. Um, so if people listening to this get really excited and they want to bring some more herbs in their life as well in some form, what do you think would be a great place to start? Which I know is a huge question, but maybe you have some <laughs> ideas that you could share. Sure. Um, so I, I think of tea a lot. And it's uh, oftentimes people are, if, if they haven't been working with herbs yet, they're thinking of it just as a beverage. But it's so much more than that. It's actually a way of um, taking parts of a plant that can be um, helpful for your body and just your, um, your mood and things like that. Um, and if, if someone hasn't worked with plants yet, if they can start to get more curious about like, oh, what could I put in this tea? And also, can I think about what I want out of this cup of tea um, or out of the ritual of having this at a certain time during the day? It's a totally different experience. Um, and I know for me, that was a big part of how I first got into herbalism is to start thinking about tea from um, a more detailed place of like, what kinds of flavors could I create for a certain experience? And also, what is this doing for me? What do I notice when I drink this cup of tea? What kinds of shifts am I noticing? Um, and I, one of the reasons why I like that as a starting place is because if you're someone that's interested in offering um, this as, uh, you know, like a, a way to care for other people, when you can notice what the effect is on you and have a real experience with it, it kind of sets you in a, another direction. Um, and one thing I would say where I wouldn't start is just by searching like online for because there's a lot of misinformation out there. So if people want to learn a little bit more about herbalism, I would suggest um, looking through herbal books um, more so than searching online. Yes, that makes sense. I think we sometimes forget books almost, right? <laughs> um, because everything is so immediate at, at our fingertips now. And I think, yeah, just this week, I spent a lot of time with my herbal books and had such deep appreciation for being able to engage with this created set of information that I could explore in like a sequence that made sense in some way. And you know, there was a lot of thought that had gone into that. And of course, lots of people put lots of things into um, our thoughts, into things on the internet as well, but it can be really overwhelming and really mm -hmm. hard to be discerning about what feels good and where yes. to start. So. Totally. And it's easy. I think um, with things that are online, it's so much easier for something that is more about marketing to come across mm. your, you know, what you're taking in. Um, than something that is where the intention is about just the education or sharing of knowledge or sharing of joy about um, an experience with different herbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I feel really called to share my favorite herbal book, which is called um, Herbal Rituals by, oh my gosh, I've forgotten her name for a second. <laughs> Do you remember? I'm um, not sure. 
Oh, Judith Berger. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a beautiful book. It, it was written quite a long time ago. I can't remember exactly when, um, but it was written in Brooklyn. And so it has a fairly urban vibe to it in some ways. But there's a chapter for each season, a chapter for each month of the year. And each month has its own plan. And it's so beautifully poetic and full of rituals and ideas. And it's also really gentle and slow. So if you read a chapter each month and it takes you a year and you get to know these 12 plans in a really really super sweet way so yeah that sounds wonderful I think especially being able to learn in a slow way there's like with each plant there's so much um, that you could learn about and oftentimes being able to do to like know a smaller number of plants and it in a deeper way than like a vast number of plants um, will contribute so much more to being intentional um, with how you're using them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you have any favorite herbal books that you would like to share? Oh my gosh, I have so many that I'm, <laughs> I'm oftentimes hesitant to put one out there um, because I know I'll forget a bunch of them. Um, I will say though that if it's someone who's brand new, I just find that um, Rosemary Gladstar um, does a really good job of um, making things very accessible. Yeah. Um, so for someone that hasn't um, started, um, she has a book, I believe it's called Vibrant Health. Um, but beyond that, I the majority of the books that I have um are herbal books and i know like there's certain books i love when books kind of cross over between cooking and herbalism and mm -hmm. bringing herbalism into food preparation and um just uh what we're we're bringing in so i feel like i would be better equipped to answer that if i were standing in front of my <laughs> library that's okay not right now yeah mm -hmm. no that's okay and i think yeah i would have recommended rosemary gadster as well i have a few of her books and found them really just they have very easy to engage with and very warm and inviting so that's mm -hmm. great yeah you talk a little bit about the different things that you support people around on your website which i really appreciate it and i wonder if you would maybe talk a little bit more about practices that you enjoy or tools around grief and anxiety mm, yeah um also there's so many things um <laughs> So I would say for grief and anxiety, there are certain things that um, tend to really um, be responsive to both of them. Um, aromatherapy, tea, sleep, and flower essences are things that I tend to work with a lot for both of those. Um, particularly with grief, um, I am... I, I like to think about it as a form of love, which is not always what people are thinking about when they're thinking about grief. They're, they're oftentimes thinking about like the, the painful aspect of that um, human emotion that we can have. Um, and at the same time, when you lose a relationship, whether it's because someone passed away or there's some reason that you're not able to um, be in relationship with someone or regular contact with them, 
um, or even if you lose a pet that it has been a big part of your life or um, maybe needing to step away from a job. Um, those are very different things to grieve. And at the same time, the pain that you experience from that loss is also a form of love to that person or um, that aspect of your life that maybe is changing. Um, and so I like to, to point that out just because um, it's, it, if there's times in your life that you're grieving, it also means that, that you've really cared and that you have had um, deep feelings for a person or an aspect of your life. And there's something about that, I think, framing of things that seems to reach people a lot when they're dealing with that. Um, so I find I like to just start with that a lot of times when I'm working with grief. And I think the other thing about grief is just like the points in the day that are most difficult are where I like to bring in some type of herbal touchstone for people. So for example, some people it's waking up in the morning and then having to be confronted with, oh, that person's really gone. Um, that wasn't a dream. And that can be incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and so having something nearby, um, like an aromatherapy inhaler, which is a very small, portable um, way of taking in the aromas from um, essential oils can be something that's right there um, within reach in, in a moment like that. Um, or it could be when someone's coming home at the end of the day or maybe um, when certain things come up, like someone struggles with something, they're like, oh, this is to be my go-to person um, or my pet would always make me feel just a little better in this time. And so I like to try to match up some type of um, herbal touchstone or resource with the pain points in the day for grief. Um, and for anxiety, um, there's so many things that can contribute to anxiety that people aren't always aware of. Um, so I, I find it helpful to figure out like the best tools for someone are going to come from me really getting a sense, um, or for them, um, getting a sense of some things that might contribute to it. Um, and at the same time, there are some things that are just general that are really important, which is um, sleep. Um, even minor amounts of disruption into sleep can really contribute in a significant way to anxiety levels. Um, uh, so that's something that I, I often am working with. But things like tea, aromatherapy, and then um, also sweet medicine. So um, uh, or herbal remedies, putting things in honey or oxymels, uh, which is a combination of honey and vinegar. Um, that would be the base for what some herbal um, uh, cons you know, constituents or, uh, uh, let me not talk with the jargon, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, herbs, you can put herbs into a base of honey um, and vinegar and then strain it out and you have a really tasty um, herbal remedy. So I think like being drawn to something that is sweet is helpful um, for anxiety and grief. Um, and it's also um, creative and new. 
Um, and it, the other thing is if water just as a liquid that carries things, um, hydro, I think of like hydrotherapy um, and the ritual of doing things like baths um, or foot baths. Um, so people sometimes don't think about um, that herbs can be uh, resources to us, even if we're not consuming them. And this would be an example of one way of like having that around you. It, it changes things. Um, it's not going to drastically change someone's life, but it may be able to hold you in a certain kind of way um, that is just a little soothing and then makes it just a bit easier to fall asleep at night or a bit easier to move through the things that you're moving through as you're experiencing something. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I love that. And there's so many ways of bringing these touchstones and I love bath as well. I don't have a bathtub at the moment. Yeah. And so I like making little herbal scrubs that I can take in the shower. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're great as well. And then just kind of really taking the, the, the smell in and imagining just things falling off my body as, a shower, as I shower and going down the drain with the support of these herbs. It feels really nice. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, the other thing that I often talk about is foot baths because um, exactly like some people don't have bathtubs, but also especially with anxiety when it's interfering, um, there's a lot of energy that's coming up into the head. And so a warm foot bath tends to draw things down. Mm -hmm. um, and if there's Epsom salts in there, it can support um, someone absorbing some magnesium. And when we're really stressed and or anxious, um, our body does get depleted of magnesium. There's another just nice way. And, it, and the thing about it is some of these things are really simple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, um, that's beautiful because it has to be simple, right? When we're already anxious or yeah. stressed or, um, yeah, just can't faff, faff around with big operations. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I could talk to you forever and I think there's so much more to explore. I would really love to have you on the podcast again sometime if you like, so we can go even deeper. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, but uh, for now, I wonder if there's anything else that you feel like wants to be shared before we go that you maybe haven't gotten to say yet. Um, I don't think so. I, I think that, um, you know, just being able to talk a little bit about um, some of different ways that people can access resources. I know I, I appreciate just that you have this opportunity um, because before I was able to um, do some deep dives into herbal studying. It was um, some podcasts where I was able to get some things started. So that might just be the other thing that I would say um, that, and I guess the same would be true about searching on the internet, but it's a nice resource to have um, podcasts to take things in and very portable. Um, and I really appreciate the um, time and your thoughtful questions. Thank you so much. Um, what are you currently offering and where can people find you if they want to know more? Oh, sure. Um, so I do um, herbal consultations. Um, it's, 
it's ideal if they're in person and at the same time that doesn't always work out. Um, so even though I'm located in New York City, I do do remote, remote um, herbal consultations. Um, and um, I have a psychotherapy practice, although it's at times full. So I, I don't know when this would be um, coming out, um, but I usually try to um, do the best that I can to um, connect somebody um, to other resources if I'm full in that regard. Um, but people can find me on my website, which is discoverspace.me. So it's the word discover and then the word space, S-P-A-C-E dot M-E. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Cray, thank you so much for everything that you shared. I'm really, um, really, really glad that we talked and that everyone gets to hear this. And I'm excited to speak to you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it.